0: Hello, welcome to Rise and Shine. This is a podcast dedicated to busy working mamas like you to help you rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host Abby Cornelius. Let's get started. Welcome, and today we have a very special guest, another Abby. So if you thought one Abby was too much, brace yourself. There's about to be two of us. I've got Abby Marotta here with the Entrepreneur Project and she is one of my OG homegirls, our paths crossed many years ago. Um, She was in home building for 20 years. She also is the senior director of learning and development at OfferPad, but today she is going to share with us her greatest passion and her purpose-filled work that she does as a joy coach. And she is going to talk to us today about going from job to joy. And Abby, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Abby. <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> an interesting confusing. conversation. Hopefully our, hopefully, our voices sound enough different <laughs> that they can tell us apart. Right? They know which Abby is which. <laughs> yes. So, tell everybody real quick what uh, what's the Entrepreneur Project and this job to joy that you know you're promoting within this project.
1: So they actually were born somewhat together because the Entrepreneur Project is how I went from job to joy. So the Entrepreneur Project is a blend and a community of in-person and online experiences. And really what it is, is it's the idea of being an entrepreneur, which is someone who is in corporate America, has what we like to call a day job, but then also has whether it's a profitable passion, right? It's a stream of fulfillment. It's something you do, but it's that thing on the side. I don't like to call it a side hustle because I really don't like the word hustle.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and how you blend those two things together. And the Entrepreneur Project kind of came about over the last several years for me because I went through somewhat of a similar journey to you. I was in corporate for a very long time. And home building and I was not happy and I was at that moment where there's got to be more. I can't deal with this. Right. And so I left and I started my own business and I actually started a consulting business and a brick and mortar business. So I had lots of lessons learned. Yeah. And it still wasn't enough and I still wasn't happy. So I ended up taking those career experiences, blending them with being an entrepreneur and that attitude and all of the mindset and joy work that I had done. And I went back to work and I went back to corporate and I found an entirely new way of looking at myself, my accountability within my job and my joy within my job.
0: I love that. Yes. Very similar paths. I'm in the the two business world, right? The two businesses on my my own right now. But I think no matter what path anybody chooses, right? Entrepreneur, uh, corporate employee, the big thing that you're promoting is that personal accountability and that you get to choose joy no matter where you are planted. And I think that has been a huge mindset shift for me throughout my corporate career, right? There's always times when I wanna say, oh, it's it's my boss's fault or it's this, this community's fault or it's this or it's that. And it's easy to put that blame and excuse yourself from taking ownership of finding happiness in the situation that you're in. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that with the, with the job to joy, kind of what's that path and how do you help other ladies find what you found uh, through your transformation?
1: Absolutely. So it was kind of a a two-step process for me in getting into this place. And the first was a lot of mindset work, right? First, you had to control your your mindset. And that's what I call my my path to joy. And I believe joy is a value for me. So the way that I look at joy is it's not a feeling, right? Happiness is a feeling and it comes and goes. We have all kinds of emotions, and we have to let those flow through but i started creating a value and a habit of joy so that it was never gone right no matter what was going on when we have our values we stick to them and we use those values to guide our behavior then i tuned into some radical self accountability and that's where you do have to you do have to realize that you own your choices so mm-hmm. i always like to say what you aren't changing You are choosing. And when you say that out loud to yourself, it's really hard because if you're in a place or a spot or a relationship or a job that you are miserable and you're not doing anything about it, you kind of have to own up to the fact that that's your choice, right? Even though you think you don't have a choice. So a lot of people I've found today have this concept that our organizations and our companies are fully responsible. For our happiness at work, right?
0: Ooh, wait. That okay, your- Time out, real quick. Time <laughs> out. Did you okay. If you have ever felt, real quick, I'm just going to stop you because this is so good, and I've I've felt this, and then I felt the opposite, right? Have you ever, at a time, felt like it was your employer's job to make you happy, and that your happiness was dependent on that? If one of this is you, know, keep listening. Um, if this isn't you, keep listening, because I'm sure at a point in time you've allowed them to control your happiness. And that's another, I think another key part of this too. Maybe I don't think they're responsible for it but I let them steal it just as easy. All right, so keep going, keep going, love this. No,
1: and, and that's what it is. It's because we don't want to do the hard work sometimes it takes and take that ownership, take the ownership that we, we picked this job, that we're in this place, that we didn't do things maybe that we should have done a month ago, six months ago to keep us from being in this spot, mm-hmm. right? We don't. We don't want to have to to deal with that. So we do. We do have this expectation, uh, and I think a lot of people do that from a cultural standpoint. Work flexibility, snacks, you know, whatever it is. Our employers <laughs> are responsible for developing that culture and making us happy. And so, if we're not happy there with our coworkers or our job description, it's not our fault. It's their fault. And so, what what people do. Is they just jump, they leave without really pinpointing what it is they're not happy about. And first, is it something they can do about it? And I think that's why so many people, especially women, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but you're like, okay, I'm not happy here. It's just, it's a terrible place to work. So I'm going to go find a new job. And then I go find a new job and I'm happy for like a month. and then i'm right back in the same place i just like jumped from one place to another and i'm still not happy and so then we blame corporate america as a as a whole because right we can't be happy anywhere and it's because we shouldn't just be running from something you have to know what you're running towards
0: yes i it's so funny i just was on a coaching call yesterday and a girl was talking about leaving her job and I said are you running are you running from it or are you running to something and there's such a huge difference in how that feels and internally within my one company I worked with for a long time I would get like a two year itch like if you look at my resume it's like salesperson salesperson in a different state trainer trainer in a different state sales manager like it, there's so many jumps because it was like okay I did this got got the t-shirt but I'm still like low-key dissatisfied so maybe this next thing will bring me that joy that I'm looking for maybe this next thing has what I'm looking for and it wasn't until I shifted to well what the heck do you even want Abby? that I could, I could stop putting that pressure on the next job and say, okay, let me make a choice. and Let me run to something that actually aligns with what I want versus just taking something else in hopes that it feels better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, and I think it's also right. This, this social conditioning we're having as to what the next step is supposed to be. Is it, is it a promotion? Is that what we're always looking for? You know, sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. And that's really hard for people too, especially if it means a financial step back, right? Depending on your situation, but you want to identify what exactly needs to change, right? So it's looking at why am I not happy right now? Is it the job I'm doing? Is it the people I'm doing the job with? Is it my boss? Is it the organization? Is it the values? Is it the industry? Like really start asking questions. And I have a process, a guide that people can go through that allows them to kind of really dig in and start figuring out what the change is because you want to find your patterns of disengagement, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of kind of just saying, it's all terrible, Right. Where are you actually getting disengaged in your day to day? So you have to kind of start breaking all the whole day down. Right. So as they're following your your advice and starting to figure out time blocking what I do all day, start to analyze those things so that you can really see this. This is the moment that I'm not having fun. This thing.
0: Yes. I call I call what you're searching for is your energy sparking activities. So like you can do the opposite exercise too. When something feels good and feels excited and you're looking forward to it, make a note of that because you're going to need more of that in your life and then figure out what drains you and say, "Oh, no, let's put that in the in the dump pile." Um or the at least the do less of pile <laughs> for the time <laughs> for the time being. We can't always know. I still have to do laundry. I hate laundry. I still have to do laundry. <laughs> Just maybe I'm not going to do it every day because I find it soul sucking. So, you know, you've got you've got to figure that out. It's um it's so interesting. I feel like, you know, this, this awareness that some people don't even want to acknowledge that something's wrong because then it does force you to say, well, I'm choosing this. And my dad used to always say, when we would leave like a family member or a friend who just kind of complained and, you know, we'd get in the car afterwards and we'd have that moment of like, oh, I feel so bad for them. Or that's so tough that they're going through that. And my dad would always say, he would go, everybody's exactly where they want to be kids. And I remember him saying that, and it was like his way of teaching us radical accountability. Like that's that's their choice, you know, whether whether it's good or it's bad. Yeah, of course, some stuff happens outside of our control, like illness and, and those things. But when it's that repetitious, I, I I still hate my job. I'm still unhappy there. It's like, well, you're you are choosing that, and you're exactly maybe not where you want to be, but where you're allowing yourself to stay. And I think the the mindset portion of this is really that key to like, I can do something about it.
1: It is. And, and you need to figure out the why behind that. Right. Because if you do feel like in that moment, you cannot make a change. And there's a lot of reasons, right? Not everybody can just like, Hey, I'm going to quit and start my own business. Right. right? (laughs) Not everybody can do that, but if there is a reason, right, go those fives. And I know like we all talk about this stuff all the time, right? But go the five whys deep, because if there is something that brings you a lot of joy that this job that you don't like is allowing, okay, well then that's why you're not changing, right? Because- You're getting to do these other things at home. You have the financial backing to take care of your family and pay for your kids' college or to travel. So then your mindset has to be, this is a means to an end. I'm choosing to be here and I'm not going to let these things get to me because while we can't control everything that happens around us, we can control how we react to everything around us. And that's another one of those forms of radical self-accountability that people don't always want to like own up to is the fact that you, you can control your mindset and your emotions. You just have to do the work to practice because we're not taught. We're not taught and raised to actually have that as a skill. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's like the EQ, right. And self-awareness and Stephen Covey talks about this in his book, like the first habit being that be proactive, like take ownership that you can control how you react. You can't control what happens always, but you can control your reaction. And he kind of explains like going outside of yourself like standing beside yourself and being like, was that what I had to do or is that what I chose to do? Did I have to say that thing to my spouse or to my kid or did I choose to say that thing to my spouse or my kid? You know, and and that's taking ownership for how you react in all of those moments. You also said something earlier, um, you know, it, it, this always happens at work or my boss never. Those type of global words, if you guys are saying that, if you're saying I always have to stay late, my boss never lets me those are words that indicates that there's a mindset issue. Because nothing is always and never, (laughs) right? And so that's that should be your green light when you start saying that, that you're like, ooh, I need to address my mindset because this is likely a non-truth and I'm making this bigger in my head than it has to be. I used to do this with my salespeople, right? They're like, oh, every customer said they want a flat backyard. Really? Every, every? single one. I find that so hard to believe. I think you're in your head a little bit about everybody needing a backyard and we're going to go and we're going to work on a mindset instead of working on the yards. I can't change the yards. I can change your mindset about how you approach them. And it's the same with everything in our life, right? It is. It is the
1: absolute number one key. If you don't work on anything else for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. It is your mindset that controls everything. And I have on my board my mantra, right? It's my my three steps to actually how I figured out how to change my mindset as like a, as like a skill, right? And and as an LND professional, I think I look at everything as learning and creating a skill and changing a behavior. And so how do I do that? I need an activity. I need something that's gonna allow me to actually change my my behavior. And the very first piece to changing your, your mindset is, or changing your world is changing your words, right? So you got to work on changing your words. Cause when we use different words, when we say, I get to, instead of, I have to, I choose to, instead of they're making me, then our lens begins to change, right? The words we're using are affecting the perspective in which we look at things. And when our perspective changes and our lens change, our mindset starts to change. And when our mindset changes, we change our world. So it it is, you can't make any real progress in my opinion, unless you get working on that mindset. So that's yeah. kind of that first step in figuring out what needs to change. It's actually looking inward.
0: I love that. I think um, we, we always talk about word power, like words are powerful. They, they dictate our behavior. They dictate our imagination and what's possible for ourselves. And, uh, Abby said it quick and she kind of rushed along, but I have to versus I get to, if you guys could even just start reframing that in your life. Um, I remember like, As a a leader, I loved hosting meetings, right? It was one of the opportunities to train and coach and create collaboration. But there were times when I was so busy that I would say, I have to prep for this sales meeting or I have to host this meeting on Monday. And it felt burdensome. But when I would reframe it and say, I get to, I get to do this sales meeting. I get to cover out time to train. It would be more energizing and more exciting to get to do it. Um, Another kind of key mindset shift in terms of words is, Uh, and I talk about this a lot through, through my program, the alignment Academy is that you, um, you make time for that, which is important to you. So if somebody says, I don't have time for the gym, I like them to say, instead, I'm like, Hey, rewrite that and say, going to the gym, isn't a priority for me. And they're like, Ooh, that stings. And I'm like, that's really what you're saying when you say, I don't have time, you're really saying it's not a priority. And if you can say that with confidence, that's fine. Go for it, right? My going to the gym is not a priority for me because I'm working on X, Y, and Z. Good, more power to you. But if you're going to tell me in one breath that your health is really important to me, and then in the next you're going to say I don't have time for it, is it? And I know, it
1: all oh, hurts. I love doing that too, and that was a hard shift for me. And I, you use the gym. I like to look at people and go, all right. When you look at your kid and say, "I'm so sorry, I don't have time for that tonight," I want you to say, "I'm so sorry."
0: That's not a priority and see how that fits. Oh, that's goosebumps, goosebumps. Yeah, I don't like that. Right. And, but that was, I mean, Abby, for me, that was one of my big mindset shifts for me with my transformation and how I started to find more joy in my life, even while in corporate is that I made a consistent decision that my kids and my health had to be, and were a priority to me. And it allowed me to start saying no to more things and coming home at a decent hour and turning off the phone because it was that acknowledgement of when I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And that no to something else almost always was myself or my family. Absolutely. I just wasn't okay.
1: (laughs) I know. I I could talk about this forever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So... But it's that start, right? So once you kind of figure out, and even like what you were saying, the things that that light you up, that give you energy, I call that a little bit of a, a heart check, right? And a heartbeat check. So you look at all of those activities and you start to determine like, what makes you flatline, right? Like, nope, I don't like this. What like warms you up? So it ignites your interest and you notice a little flutter in your heart. And then what are the things you do that your heart is racing, right? Your energy's up. Those are the things you wanna do more of. And so your kind of next step is to really dig, dig into that. So what needs to change? Is it industry? Is it the people I'm working with? Is it, is it the job description? Then dig into your strengths, your weaknesses, your values, right? Mm-hmm. It's all of these things. And then your, your skills and your passions. So there are four different things, right? So when you start looking at what you do and what lights you up, why is that lighting you up? If you love spreadsheets, it's not the spreadsheet that's lighting you up, right? It's the act of critical thinking, the formulas organization, right? So you kind of have to start digging and figuring out because a lot of times we have strengths, but our strengths and our passions. And I think you see that in all kinds of people. I started to recognize that right as a, as a mother, because you look at your kids and you're like, you're so good at this. Why don't you do it? You know? And they're like, cause I hate it. And you're like, "Yeah," (laughs) but you're good at it. So our strengths and our passions are sometimes different. And sometimes we're, we're weak in our passions. Then we have real skills that we're good at. So strengths are like, you're a leader, you're a mentor, you're a creator. Commitment is a strength of yours. You know, being on time is a strength of yours, those types of things. But then you have skills like analyzing data, negotiating, copywriting right those are the, those are like actual just skills that we do. then you have your values right what are your values connection loyalty, kindness, joy integrity and then you have your passions right what are you passionate about? so you you start the next step is to look at that that toolkit and start really assessing those strengths, those values and where you're at and seeing matching that up with what makes your heartbeat right but you're you're just getting into that. And then once you do that now you have to take action, right? And you you don't this is the biggest thing that I try and coach people on. You do not have to take a big leap. You do not have to quit your job to go from job to joy. Start with small experiments first, right? You deserve to do something that you love and you and you enjoy, but but you need a strategy. And you need a direction. And, and once we're all good at like, once we're in something we're like, okay, now let's create a strategy to do this, but we don't actually create a strategy for like how we're going to get to the, to the next thing or do the next thing. Right. But you want to start incorporating as much as you can into where you already are. Is that a conversation with a coworker? Is that a conversation with your boss? And sometimes you need to, to do that to make a change and say, Hey, Abby, I'm going to I'm gonna do all the things you need. But what I noticed is I get really excited and I really enjoy and it gives me a couple hours a day of utter happiness when I get to do this. Can you give me a project where I get to do more of this? And I think that for whatever reason, just like we don't want to ask for promotions and we don't want to ask for more, more money, we don't go ask our bosses for the work. That yeah. fills us up. So, try. What's the worst that can happen? They're going to say no, and you're going to do what you're doing. Go so ask for the work. I
0: did that. I did that. Um, when I when I switched companies, you know, they didn't know my experience as much as my previous employer. And within, you know, a few months, I'd been there. I felt like I got my sea legs, if you will. And I went to my boss and I said, I know you may not know this about me, but I absolutely love training and developing. So if there's a need beyond the sales team, right? Like, of course, I'm going to do that with the sales team that I manage, but if there's a need beyond that and you guys want help, let me know. And you know what? The next day, her and the division manager were like, here's some things we could help use your help on in training. Like, are you willing to do that? And they even compensated me for it. So I got more money and I got to do more of what I love just because I asked. And it did, it brought, like, it gave me something on my calendar to look forward to and to bring more job into the, or more joy, excuse me, into the work that I was doing every day.
1: And that's sometimes, that's sometimes all you, you need to start being able. Cause like I said, if you can't make a move, right. If for some reason you just can't make a move, well then let's start controlling where we're at right now and how we feel. And as you're doing all of this, right. Your last step is you have to keep going. You have to keep making these little moves until you either are in a really good place or you figure out and you're ready to make the big leap or know what you want to do, or you're going to do this. I think that having the entrepreneur project, what it does it is it allows me to have the outlet I need when being at work is not great. And I really enjoy my job at Offerpad and I love the people that I get to work with every day, but I am completely realistic that no company and no job is perfect. It just The the moment that you stop having an expectation and you start kind of accepting some versions of reality, and I know that almost sounds counterintuitive to everything else that we've been talking about, but corporate is corporate. Business is business, right? So while you can affect change in your little piece of it, there are realities of it that you kind of need to accept and work through. And so I know I'm going to come up against that at work all the time. There's going to be politics. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be, we have no money right now. There's going to be employees that don't, you know, and
0: market shifts. I mean, you're still, right. home Hello, we're home in real estate. Alone. your company <laughs> can be as, as beautiful and as wonderful as it wants to be, but the market's going to make up its own mind and that's going to impact everybody. Right.
1: It is. And so it, it can be draining and frustrating and feel like it's not joy, but I always have like that moment where I can then go right now. I am going to create something for the Entrepreneur Project. I am going to go engage wow. with those people. I get to go home at night. I get to go be on a podcast. I have a retreat coming up. I am wow. going to go talk to my community. So it gives me the outlet. Because I think that's the other problem is that we we have these things we want to do and that we're passionate about, and that we love. And we don't have the outlet for it at work. So it just feels like we're never doing the things that we love. And momming and being with our family and all of that is incredible, but it is not all that defines you. And it's not all that should bring you happiness. And, and a lot of women like us who are driven, who are professionals and who want to create impact through work, right. In some way, shape or form, we need those outlets. And so if you're not getting at work, then go create it. And what you might find is that you enjoy work more because now you're able to get that out. And, and you said something about talking to your salespeople um, when they were like, everybody wants a flat backyard. I remember when it was like, if you just release lock, release lot 15,
0: <laughs> yes, I get a I'm gonna like, if
1: you release phase two, everybody wants phase two. Okay, go release phase two. Nobody's buying, right? Everybody wanted phase two. Yeah. And that that is in your job, right? Those are those words. That's the lens that you're looking through. And so when you start feeling like something's not good, there's three P's right? That are defining which lens you want to look through. The first one is personal. Is this self-inflicted? Can I take personal accountability for where I am in this relationship, in this job, right? Maybe it's a struggle with coworkers and I I keep wanting to put it on them, but is there something I could have done better that I did to cause the riff in this relationship? If it's not personal, is it pervasive? Meaning, is everything bad or is it just one thing? Because the reality is we're like, it all sucks. <laughs> and that's <Yeah>. not true, <laughs> right? It's not that pervasive. It's yeah. one little thing. And yeah. the last P is pertinent. And that is being able to look at something and say, will this feeling last forever? Yeah. How bad will it seem in a week, in a month, or in a year? And if it's not going to be that bad in a year, just, just push through it and don't let it affect you or don't quit over it. Right. So you, you've got to kind of look at those lenses and stop and ask yourself when something's not good. Is it personal? Is it pervasive or is it pertinent? And can I work through this?
0: And I remember when I was newer in my career, um, we would get, you know, every once in a while manager shifts, right? Like this just happens. Your boss changes and you don't have say in it, right? Organizations have to make decisions and you get a new boss and maybe you loved your boss before. And now you got this awful boss. And within three months, you're like, I'm quitting. This person's terrible. And it's an overreaction because, and pertinency is the problem. Like they're not going to be your boss forever. And if they're that bad, they're likely not going to be a jerk company for very long. So it's like, sometimes you do just have to stick it out. And I remember my old boss telling me that when I got a new boss and it, they didn't say it in in those direct words, they were just trying to like, give me encouragement to to give it time, but I gave it time and I got a new great phenomenal boss in like three months. And it's like, had I just thrown in the town quit because that temporary situation wasn't serving me, that would have been a huge career like loss or, or backslide. Right. When, and again, you shouldn't give your boss that much control over your happiness, but when you are in these moments, um, you know, and my husband was, is always so good at this. Cause he's like the most level person. I feel like those of us who have these like, yeah, high <laughs> my highs and low lows tend to be partnered up with very level people. So, you know, I come in hot off of something, right. A customer issue or a conversation with an employee. And he would go, is it going to matter in five years? And I said, no, he's like, you have five minutes go. And he would not let me take the whole evening and all the energy out of the house and all the energy out of the family for something that wasn't going to matter in a few years. He'd give me five minutes, like get it out of your system, right? Word vomit. Cause it is cathartic to talk about things and to write about things. Uh, but after that, like it's time to move on and you need somebody in your life who gives you that gut check. If you can't do it for yourself, Of asking, Hey, is it personal? Is it pervasive? Is it, is it permanent? Cause that's what brings you back to center and not making it bigger than it has to be.
1: It's so true. And I had a very similar experience of having someone who was somewhat toxic that I had to deal with on a regular basis and was pushing you to that. I can't, I want to quit. Right. And I had to find other people that could bring me up at work. And I started taking on this mindset that is like, this is a challenge. I will outlive you. (laughs) And I did. And that person is gone. And now I have these amazing opportunities to do things that I, I wasn't getting before, but now I have it. And if I had walked away, if I had thrown my hands up over that person, then I would have left a company and a job and the the future prospect of what I could do in that job and the people I loved because I let that one person make that decision for me. So, you, you know... It's, it's, and you know, something else in your head that, and what job to joy and all of this work is about is if you aren't doing the work you love, then find the love in the work that you do. And that is something I'm, I, uh, I'm a big Covey fan, just like you. Another person right now that I I just read their book and I follow them a lot is Seth Madison. And he, he talks about loving your people and the future of work and finding the love in what you're doing because sometimes you aren't going to do things that you love. So how do you put love in those things, right? How do you uncover that? And that's goes back to mindset, but that's really what going from job to joy is all about is doing the work to discover the love in what you do. If you don't love what you do.
0: And it's, it's that mindset of like, you know, I think I said this a few weeks ago on the podcast for those that listen in regularly, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? And some of the most beautiful things in life come with squeeze. They come with, with, and eh, I don't like doing this. I don't, you know, I don't love working out, but I want to feel healthy. I don't, you know, I didn't want to go through IVF, but I wanted to have kids. Like, so you have, you're making these choices every day. And even in the difficult work, even in those long workouts, even in business meetings that feel like they're never going to end, even in sifting through spreadsheets, why are we doing this? And I think that goes back to that, making sure you have a really clear mission about who you are and what you value and the work that you're doing and how does that align with who you are and what you value? Because then that takes the mundane things and does make them joyful or at least at least mission-centered. Like for me, I always say like, how many things am I doing that are value aligned? So it doesn't have to be fun, but if it's aligned with my mission, then I'm on board. Like, let's go all day long. And you can find that love in it and i love what you said about you know bringing love into the work you do and also the people that you work with and i think that what i'm hearing a lot abby and i don't know if you hear this as much too is part of a lot of folks concerns with corporate and why they think they want to leave or why they want to go to another you know you know company is in search of a company that aligns with their values and where they feel loved and appreciated i would say Lack of appreciation is probably the number one complaint I get from folks that I coach. And it breaks my heart because it is, it's a lack of love. And, you know, I don't know how we change that for, for them, if that's the culture of your company, but you and I have talked about this before. You do have the ability to create that culture where you sit by pouring that love into those around you, by whether your boss is affectionate in in terms of like consideration and empathy and all that. Do you give that to them regardless? do you give that to your coworker do you give that to your team member like do you you know how do you give to your organization what you're expecting your organization to give to you and when i challenge people with that it's normally like oh well, i haven't really been given lots of love cuz i haven't been feeling the love and it's like well a life principle is you get what you give right, right? so so if you want to feel more of that your your people will surprise you um, they will and and love that's <laughs> love, I think
1: it's, it kind of feels like a new buzzword in corporate, Mm -hmm. but it's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with because the way that we view the word love, right. And I was just writing about this because it, I've been back for a little while now in my job and I've been having a great time and I haven't wanted to leave for all the crazy that's happened, especially being in real estate and you know our company like minnies has had to lose people and and go through these right sizing activities so it's really hard but this last couple of weeks was one of the hardest to get a little vulnerable here because i have so figured out that you have to have love for mm-hmm. for your people and it is the hardest part of leadership and i had one of those moments this past week where i i asked myself Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe that's why I wanted to leave corporate. And it's because I felt gr- gr- grief, like real grief with having to be the one to make the decision, make the call and let someone go that I had real love for. Right. Oh, wow. But that love and giving that love is is why we operated so well, is why even in an organization where some people might feel like it's not a great culture or are struggling, you could look at my team and most of the people I engage with and surround with and think think we work for a whole different company. And that becomes, right, that's where as high-level leaders, you have to start creating a strategy and figuring it out. And that is one of the things I've been blessed to take on with my organization is now focusing on a culture strategy. And all of it revolves around the leadership, because it is so important. But if you start doing things right, I did the simplest thing and tell anybody. And then finally people figured it out. And then no one's surprised. They're like, this was you, wasn't it, Abby? <laughs> it felt a little rough. So I bought these um, compliment card things. And they, you just put them up on the wall and they like are the tear-offs and they have all these like fun sayings and they're compliments to people. And I put them in the bathrooms, I put them in the kitchen. I just kind of like put them up and it was amazing. And what I heard, the idea was take this to make you feel good. But what I heard was that people were taking them and giving them to other people and leaving them on their desks without telling them who did it. And so it's this idea that, that nobody... Nobody said, we didn't say, Hey, this is a company initiative that we're going to do. It was one person saying, I want to spread kindness and love, and I want to have an effect. And that has a trickle effect on a culture. And every person, no matter what level employee you are, has the power to give that love back into your organization and see it multiply.
0: Yes. And, and to bring that joy. I love that. That's such a good idea. Now I wish I had a team and I could go post up stuff. Cause I think that's such a good idea. So if you're listening and you have a team, please, you know, go Google uh, compliment cards, get some of those for, get some of those for your office. But you made me think about, uh, when I was at, when I was at Taylor Morrison, you know, we, they had a big office, like lots of people in cubicles and everybody's kind of like doing their own thing. And they had a great company culture within the office, but one guy do, did hangman every day on his whiteboard. So every morning when he got into the office, he put a hangman thing up and he had a a word or a phrase. And it was like, we all looked forward to coming over to his cubicle, guessing our letter. You only got one letter a day. And then whoever won it, like he would write their name on the board. So if you got there later in the day, you could see, oh man, they got it first or who ended up getting it. And it, it created this like, collaboration and this, you know, excited to come and like gather in a situation where you're normally just kind of all sitting down and looking forward. And like, that's an example of one person changing the entire vibe in the office over something as simple as hangman. And like we, and people think it has to to be these big gestures, or it has to be almost like initiatives. Suck! Let's stop doing them, and let's put it power to the people to create the vibe you want the culture to be.
1: Go do it! I we had this, we had a, a culture committee, right? Yeah. And when I kind of joined that group and started talking to them about our new strategy, and they kept asking, they're like, "Well." Can we do this? Or people want this or let's like let's restart a bowling league. And I'm like, go do it. Like why are you waiting to come to a committee and say it's going to be a corporate initiative? If you have 10 people who want to do a bowling league, get them together, schedule it, go have a bowling league. Like this this yeah. just make it happen. Go out there and create those moments of joy for our people and then other people will take from that. And and those are the things honestly in your day that help you go from job to joy, right? And it's giving yourself permission and other people permission that you don't need to be like heads down, yeah, all the time because it. And we've we've moved to like I think culture is a huge part about how you go from job to joy, but you, especially as a leader, if you if you are a leader, I know you have a lot of of listeners and clients who are are leaders in their organizations you have to set an example and you have to step back and you have to allow people to have a good time because we do spend more time at work than we almost do anywhere else. And it's a huge part of who we are. We're there because, you know, we want to, we love to, yes, we want to make money, but there's so much more to it than that. And I, I call it that I was mom shamed at work because my team, we have a pool table. I'm like, why the heck do we have a pool table if we're not going to use the pool table in the office? <laughs> yeah. And that like, like clockwork every day, my team, they went upstairs and they played pool. And even when it was like nuts and everyone's working their butts off and we have these deadlines and we're launching, people would walk by my desk, see me at my desk working, but then see my team upstairs. And they would make these side comments as they walk by. I wish I had time to play pool. I'm like, so go make time to play pool. I'm like, I need discretionary effort. I need my guys to want to give. I need them to feel like to not have those Sunday scaries, right? So, if they need 20 minutes yeah. to go upstairs and play pool and like get it
0: out, then that's don't mom shame me, right? Yeah, <laughs> go do it for your people. Work mom shame me, yeah. You're the work mom. Yeah, it's it's so true, but also like. Fun and disconnect is such a vital part of showing up great at work. Because if you are constantly in focus mode, in multitasking, in overwhelm, you are not bringing your best self to that work. Like I used to go out and I'd see salespeople that were so stressed. I'm like, we're going for a walk. They're like, what? And they're like, I need this. I said, you don't need any of that from me right now. What we need to do is we need to go for a walk. Like you need a pattern interrupt. You need to get out of your way. You need a little bit of fresh air. You need to stop staring at your never ending emails that keep trickling in. We need like 10 minutes to just get out of our heads and just go for a walk. And I want you to tell me about your last trip. I want you to tell me about your kids. I want you to tell me about something not work related. And then we come back and it was like, it was like truly like those 10 minutes in that walk reset the tone of that entire meeting. If I would have just came in and been like, let's go. It just would have the the anxiety and the stress and the lack of focus would have just kept building. So to them, yeah, my kids are playing because they're going to get back to work and they're going to get it done with a little bit more pep in their step. (laughs) Well, And probably more, you probably got
1: more productivity the rest of the day out of taking those 10 minutes that you would, you, you would not have gotten if they never took the 10 minutes. It's so interesting. I read this entire book. And I built a course um, in my program about it, and the way that our brains actually work. And there's all of these misnomers and misconceptions about how we've built our office spaces, the places around us, the, the our schools are around this idea of of being focused. And that's what you have to do to get work done. Where your brain needs those pattern interrupts. Your brain needs physical exercise. Your brain needs sunshine. Your brain needs to just maybe have different context around it. And then all of a sudden the ideas will come. You'll be more productive. You'll, you'll be more creative. This idea that you are sitting in at your desk for eight hours a day and that's being yeah. focused and productive. You're you're actually like, not when, being when as productive last, as you yeah. can
0: be. When was the last time? Because you're a very creative person like me and you're always like creating, you know, your courses and having those ideas. When's the last time you actually had one of those aha ideas at your desk? Because I don't think I've ever had one at my desk.
1: Okay, this shower. The <laughs> shower, and- <laughs> yes, the
0: shower or when I'm walking. Those are the two times where I'm like, I'm a genius. I need to write this in soap on the wall. Like, How did I not have to say <laughs> I always joke with my husband, is there any way to have a whiteboard in the shower?
1: Cause he'll see me come like streaming in my robe out to this whiteboard. <laughs> to everything down. And my, my team sometimes knows that and it, it drives them crazy. I will walk into the office at 7.00 AM and I'll be like, don't kill me. I have an idea. And they're like that. No, you can't be left alone. I'm like, it came to me in the shower. We're going to do
0: this. Yeah, but you know why? Do you know why though? Because the shower or like, for me, it's walks. It's because it's our one time where there is zero other interruptions. Like you can't see your kids. You can't see your laundry. You don't see your computer screen. Like you don't see any of this other stuff that steals your attention. And you're also doing something that's so automated that you don't have to concentrate on washing your hair or any of that. Right. Because you've done this a hundred times. It's just like the one time where your brain is free and it lets you kind of like be aware of those other random thoughts. Like almost every time I come in from a walk, I do that to my husband. I'm like, I just got a great idea. Says, oh my God, here we go. She's going to change the whole lot again. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was just thinking I saw a bird and the bird made me think about flying and how high am I really pushing my business? And, and now I need to, th-. and he's like, whoo, lady. But it, it is It's those, it's those outside things that actually do inspire the, the best ideas and, and the best change um, initiatives. And we don't give ourselves space nope. to play or to think, or to just do something joyful and let that stuff come and inspire us because we're too overscheduled. We're too overbooked. We're too focused on looking busy. Um, I, it's so funny. My, uh, my husband went back to work for a minute and he was like, did you know that people just like pretend to work to get to five o'clock? I'm like, yeah, honey. Like (laughs) that's like corporate America, right? I got to stay here till five. So, dude, hey, boss. And he's like, I can't handle it. Like, why can't I just leave before? Like, I got everything done. And I'm like, just got to fake it to five. And so we have this joke, like, are you faking it till five? And like, what a terrible work environment to be in, right? Like, you should fill your day with fun stuff. And if that means you got to take a break, take a break, go play pool, go for a walk, do something that kind of gets you going to get you re energized to get to five if you got to stay there till five.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So like anything else you want to add on the job to joy, I just, so everybody listening knows in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, or you can always just message me directly, I'm going to include a link to where you can download the workbook, the Abby reference, the job to joy workbook. So you can work through your strengths and weaknesses, skills, values, um, and passion and kind of get a good sense of where you can start taking that small action today to get you closer to that joy. I'm also going to provide a link to the entrepreneur, uh, project membership site. So Abby had also mentioned that she has a online course library, which is beautiful. It's like a dream come true for me as somebody who like believes 100% in sharpening your saw and being a know an independent learner and taking that time to invest in yourself she's got this beautiful course library where you can pick a course uh, on a topic that interests you on demand learning not waiting for your company to tell you what you need to learn but you going out there and saying hey i need help on this it's on that platform it is done in the most beautiful way possible i fully support this project that she's doing so there's a link to that if you want access to that membership membership site And there is a code as well. Uh, If you use Joy50, you will get 50% off if you purchase the annual membership, which would give you one year access to all of the courses to watch as many times as you want. New content's being added regularly, right, Abby? So it's not a one and done type thing. Um, And I I fully endorse this as a great way for you to invest in yourself. As you guys know, I think that mentorship is a huge part of your growth. And mentors aren't always people that you talk to face to face. They can be people that you just listen to, or you take their wisdom and you apply it to your life. And that's what this project and this membership site allows is for you to gain insights through other people's experiences and help level up, you know, you, and that's the whole mission of rise and shine is to give you guys tools to, you know, rise professionally and shine personally. And this is the tool that will help you do that for sure. Anything else you want
1: to add, Abby? No, thank you so much for this morning. I love
0: geeking out about
1: this. Kind I know, of stuff I know. I feel
0: like we could do like the Abby and Abby show. Like I feel I like I could talk with you every week, and you know, we could always come up with new ideas and new content. But uh, I thank you so much for being on here. I love the work that you're doing. And uh, for those of you that want to find Abby, is LinkedIn probably the best place to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn um, or Instagram um, is where, and I do a lot
1: there on the entrepreneur project, the online program, and we have an October retreat coming up as well. So we do those twice a year in person.
0: Yes. So go check out her site for that. Um, I'm hoping to join in October. So if anybody listening wants to join as well, I know it's limited opportunity, um, limited spots because it is very, um, casual, cozy, and impactful. So yes. if you're like me, and you don't necessarily want to go sit at a 20,000 person seminar, you'd rather sit on a couch with like 10 of your gal pals or guy pals. I think it's has got girls, right? Girls things. only. Yep. Girls only. Okay. So if you want to hang out on a couch with like 10 of your, you know, lady friends and learn and grow together and do all the vulnerable things us ladies like to do of sharing and getting growth in your life. I think that's a great, um, retreat for you to look into. Uh, She brings in guest speakers and then you have a breathwork coach as well, right? Which I am excited to try. I've heard so many wonderful things from multiple different people about breathwork. So that's on my personal to-do list. Um, So check that out as well. And I'll have a link for that too. So lots of information in the show notes guys, but thank you Abby for joining. And if you guys have any questions, you know where to reach both of us. We are here for you in any way that we can to help you shine. Have a great day. Thank mm-hmm. you.